Are you ready? Man, this one's going to rock a couple boats. I'm telling you, folks. Uh, here's the thing about this teaching. It's something every good Christian already knows. But the world has programmed you to not look at things in the right way. And I am going to prove it to you using God's word. And we're going to turn your world upside down. And you can start to think the way that God does about how you run your life in the physical and the spiritual. Because if your thoughts are guiding your physical life, then your spiritual life is at the forefront of this battle. And man, this is going to be good, folks. Uh, this is going to be very important for today in the climate that we're currently living in in 2022 when this is recorded. And I believe it's going to rock your world. God giveth and God taketh away. So new goggles is the place to be. God will give and take away from your family. And yes, the family building upon the concepts of all the previous lessons. Again, if you have not watched these, you need to watch them in order. You will not get the fullness of the lesson unless you build upon it precept after precept after precept. And, you know, the last one we were talking about, the family being the foundation of all of society. And today we're going to build on that, but in a much different direction. And you're going to learn more about who you are in Christ and what awesome authority he has given you. Yes, you. Yeah. You, no matter where you are in life, I'm telling you, it can change today. And I pray that you're diligent, that you have your notepad and paper, and you write down the scriptures, you write down the major things that I say, and oftentimes I will give away a powerful statement, it's just a one-liner, and it's missed. So you might even want to watch these twice or, or more, folks. Uh, I'm a, I'm a high-level learner. And so I kind of teach at a higher level, faster pace than uh, a lot of people would go to. Uh, many of these lessons I'm giving out really could be three or four, uh, you know, individual lessons. And uh, perhaps that's the way I'll do it when I turn it into a course. But for now, we're doing it this way, and uh, I trust that you are going to be blessed by this. Let me start out with a scripture reading that is just foundational for this. I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures. Uh, you're going to have to write them down, and I want you to take the pleasure in actually looking up these scriptures to see what God says for yourself. Don't take it from Jeff. Learn from the boss man our creator, and our Lord in heaven. Amen. And I pray the Holy Spirit upon you right now as well that you can have understanding of this uh, because only the Holy Spirit can really give you understanding of God's word. And everything I'm going to teach you today 
is based on God's word. However, we're going to interpret some of the circumstances of reality that is happening today as well. So let me start in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Actually, I'm going yeah, to go right to 29. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them, that's you, rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the livestock of over all the earth, and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. Just a little side note here. Um couple, you know, uh, chapters down, did God make the serpent a crawling beast? Does he have to obey your command? Let me continue. So God creates man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So that's quite a bit of an authority, but we're going to find out that there's a lot more chapters and a lot more scripture that details your furtherance of authority, which is God-given authority. Only God can give it to you. Only God can take it away from you. So, you think you own a house? You think you own private property? Have you ever heard the saying, pride in ownership? Oh, yeah, yeah. You probably felt pride in ownership when you bought your first car or your first house. What a lie from the enemy that was. Woo, this one might be hot, folks. I'm just saying <laughs> this one might get hot. Uh, let's start off with something controversial because let's say, you know, I, if you do the creating wealth uh, through stewardship course, I go back to before money was even made and what God's rules were and what's important to God uh, because those things are still important to God. And if you really want foundational stuff, uh, that's where you have to start and to really understand. And when you follow the, you know, I basically list out five things uh, that God really cares about. And uh, money isn't one of them because God didn't create money. That's a man-made creation. Yeah, it is. Uh, now, God's in charge of it. Absolutely. God's in charge of all. But money is a man-made thing. Well, maybe entity thing because uh, spirit of mammon, perhaps. So let's start off with the possession of let's say North America, maybe even Europe and that. And by the way, 
in this statement, I'm talking about natives. I am pro-native. I'm not against natives in any way. In fact, I am working on the theory that uh, the natives are <laughs> possibly the chosen people and your history has been lied. Uh, you've been lied to about your history and that's why the world has come against you so much. Uh, but that's a separate conversation. And again, I'm just theorizing that at this point. However, it does seem to line up in my eyes. So one of the greatest cries, of course, of the native people is that, uh, you know, white man came and took your land. And it's actually true. <laughs> we did. But what uh, what we are not told in history is that, you know, over thousands of years, the natives have actually conquered land and that's how they got their land. Because you see, there's always people here. So God ultimately decides who is going to possess that land. And perhaps there was a lot of bloodshed when natives took the land from someone else. And God decided to take it away from them and give it to whoever has it today. Uh, here's another example. And I'm going to give you some uh, scripture. Actually, I'm going to give you a scripture for for that is uh, is how God determines who is going to steward his land and borders. And I'm going to, uh, we covered this in our Acts Bible study, but Acts 17 verses 26. But let's go to another example. The Israelites, they were scattered from their land. Do you remember why? They were scattered from their land because they did not keep the Sabbath. Is keeping the Sabbath important to God? I think so. Is it as important now in New Testament age? I'm not the one to judge that. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you uh, from my own personal experience, because I really do put forth effort to keep the Sabbath, that it is good for my soul and it's good for my spirit. Having that day of rest is good. And, you know, I restrain from, you know, a lot of things on uh, on Saturdays. And I keep it and I uh, really honor God in it uh, most of the time. You know, sometimes we do go out and, you know, life happens and I'm not perfect in it, but I do set aside the... Uh, Saturday as a Sabbath. And if I'm not able to keep the entire day, you know what, sometimes I split it up. Um, and in my mind, that's okay. And uh, I believe that God still feels honored by it. But let's uh, just a couple references there. Uh, Leviticus is really great for this stuff. Leviticus 26, uh, 34 and 43. You can also go into Chronicles. But here's something that is fitting for today, and uh, perhaps you'll see maybe there's a change in the land uh, right now, and I'm talking about North America specifically because, of course, there was the Supreme Court thing that happened, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people who were upset 
and uh, you know, I'm, I'm being careful with my words here as I want to keep this up on YouTube, uh, but uh, the shedding of innocent blood, perhaps in the womb, uh, that's a big one, folks. Human sacrifice, murder. God takes away your land when you do those things. So is America about to be taken away? I don't know. There's possibly some hope with uh, this court ruling that happened. Um, listen, there are tons and tons of examples uh, of this Old and New Testament. Uh, what's the best one? Well, you know what? I don't know if it's the best one, but I'm believing you want to look at Hosea chapter 4, 1 to 3. I've got about 15 actual uh, examples here for this one. So how is a God able to giveth and taketh away land, for instance, countries, borders? We're looking at the big picture. We're going to go into the... Uh, to the smaller into your life uh, as we progress here. Well, first of all, he gives them to nations and takes them away for disobedience. If you're obedient, uh, God gives you stuff. If you're disobedient to God, he takes stuff away. Deuteronomy 9, uh, 4 to 5. Take a look at that, folks. Take a, take a look at these scriptures. See what God is saying for himself. So we often are told in this world that, uh, hey, if you don't go get it, someone else is going to go get it. So you may as well go get it. You know, uh, and this is particularly popular in uh, worldly business, which is, you know, based on buying and selling acquisition, where Christian business is best on based on sowing and reaping. Kind of the same thing, but it's just really the spirit behind it that is very, very different. So what God gives to you, nobody can take away. What you take for yourself can be taken away. It can be taken away by governments, perhaps even law enforcement, maybe even by a thief because you did it on your own. I did it my way. Oh boy, how many things have you gotten? in this world just by your own effort didn't include god in it you know he might let you have it today he might take it away tomorrow but what god gives you only he can take away because god owns all things god is the owner of everything in this world. And I've actually entitled this episode, 
a little bit incorrectly. I just liked the title. But God actually does not give to you. God loans it to you. Let me repeat that again. When God gives us something, it's a loan. And it's up to you to steward whatever it is that he has given you. God loans you private property. He loans you people. He loans you spiritual gifts. Oh, there's a whole list of things that God loans to you. But did you even know you were called to steward it? Did you really realize in all these things in your life that it's, remember that little triangle scenario I talked about relationship. If you're wanting to talk from this person to this person, you want to talk through Jesus and then back down to this person and then receive them the same way. How about your possessions? It's all through Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified on the cross for you, who made a way for you to heaven. He is the creator, and we're called to co-manage it. You heard the scriptures in Genesis. So because God owns everything and even every possibility in your life, is it possible for me to get that? God owns that possibility. Remember I talked about making a plan? Did God give you a building permit? You want to ensure that that possibility becomes reality? Get a building permit. And what we take from for ourselves, instead of getting from him is actually a form of theft. Did you acquire your stuff illegally? Jeff, that can't be right. I know. I know it doesn't seem right. All right. Let me give you some scriptures. Uh, well, uh, the Jeremiah one and the Acts one that I just talked about speak to this. Uh, also, Psalms chapter 9, verse 5, Jeremiah uh, chapter 2, verse 7, uh, chapter 3, verses 2, chapter 12, verses 4, um, Chronicles 36, verse 21. What does God say? Don't take Jeff's word, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what God's word says. But go look at it for yourself. So how are we supposed to take just this information that we've learned just thus far? Well, you know, first of all, if you read the Proverbs, and the Proverbs are so important, if you want to have the wisdom of God, if you want to know 
how to think like God. And I'm not saying become gods. Don't hear anything new age here. But I spent so much time, and I'm not bragging here. I'm not bragging. But I really believe I know the heart of God in my thinking. And so it's the wisdom to really recognize and embrace the opportunities that God has already opened for you. Remember, I talked about taking inventory of what you already have. Remember, I said take inventory of those around you that maybe you haven't even talked to in 10 years. But has God given you opportunity with these things? And, and, and I'm not just talking financial folks. Don't hear anything that I'm not saying. This is about stewarding relationships. This is about getting people into the kingdom. This is about being able to make a bigger difference in the work because you're being obedient to God. If you're obedient to God and you steward the things that he gives you, he's going to give you more opportunity to steward more. The more you steward being a good Christian, being a disciple of Jesus Christ, the more we take our world back. Imagine if just everyone who's been listening to this new goggle series, you know, a few thousand of us, if a few thousand of us really embraced what God's principles are in these things, we deprogram from the world, we start to hear his voice better, and we start removing, because remember, being a disciple of Christ is the removal of things. It really isn't adding stuff to you. It's the removal of the world out of you. And when you can start to focus your mind to think like God wants us to think, like he intended us to think, we take our community back. We take our country back. We take the world back. And I'm not trying to delay Jesus Christ coming back. He's going to come back at the perfect time. But I'll tell you something. I want more time on this earth to get more souls into heaven. Hell is a bad place, folks. And there's a lot of people in this world going to hell, and we'd better start to care about it. Well, that's a little bit off topic, but not really. Kind of the priority. All right. So let's talk about what's happening in the world today. Uh, there's a attempted, because it's not complete, Marxist takeover around the world. China's the perfect model, folks, uh, and they want you to have the social credit score. Uh, remember, you'll own nothing, you'll be happy. <laughs> Man cannot do that. Because what God gives you, man cannot take away. They know this. Oh, yeah. The devil knows God's word better than I do, better than you do, better than anyone alive. And, and he knows that that plan cannot succeed unless we give permission. 
remember when I was reading Genesis and I just mentioned, you know, God kind of just loosely says and the crawling things, why would God say the crawling things? Isn't a serpent a crawling thing? The serpent has to obey us. We have higher authority than the serpent. The serpent was given charge of this world. That is true. But God took it all back. When Jesus Christ was resurrected, he took it all back. We're just not walking in his authority. And because we've consented by letting governments get to where they are, by letting these deletes do what they do, they have done it lawfully and God has allowed them to go into power the way they are currently. But it's just the only thing that is stopping us from taking it all back. Okay, I'm going to do something. This probably only works when, when I speak on a platform of some kind. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, and you're gonna feel silly wherever you're watching this. But sometimes doing physical action actually helps. So I want you to acknowledge what the problem is, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your index finger on your right hand, and I want you to point it up like that. And now that your finger is firmly pointing up to the sky, I want you to curl it over and point it down at the top of your head because that is the problem right there. It's all in your head. If you would, if we can lose and we can lose, that's what this whole program is about. If you can lose the propaganda that has been ingrained into you since birth, it's not your fault, and start to think the way God intended us to think, to start to see things through his eyes, through his new goggles that he's giving you in this series, we're going to take back the world. So, Socialism tries to take away ownership of private property. Essentially, the state owns it and just kind of doles out to whoever. A very few people get extremely rich, but the rest of us, no. And what they're doing in that is... Actually, there's a spiritual principle behind it. And I hope you're convinced now how important stewardship is to God. But what happens is it cuts off the main thing that God has called us to do. We're supposed to go into and rule over the earth, be fruitful and multiply. And when they can cut off our connection to God that way, people lose all hope. This has happened centuries after centuries in countries all, all around the world. They, they just lose hope. 
And so it's a very spiritual thing for them to do. It's so demonic. And it, it produces poverty and poverty in, in inside of you if we let this thing happen because it actually takes away personal responsibility, personal accountability. No, you just do what you're told and then stand in the bread line. Robot. If we're living in a socialist state, and again, this is how evil their agenda is. We talk about giving and receiving, and you know, in this one, it's what God gives to us and what God can take away. But also, we've talked about giving before and how blessed you are when you when you're able to give. If you're in a Marxist situation, are you able to give? No, everyone has the same. There's no personality, there's no individually individuality um welfare by the way has done the same thing same with social security uh welfare programs take away your dignity become you become reliant on the government government becomes your god and social security really does the same thing um listen i get it that there's a time when we cannot work but God's way is that, first of all, we have family, and churches, the body of Christ will take care of each other. But also, uh, they, you know, possibly you've, if you've made generational stuff that you can pass down, you probably have enough for your own. And also even by, you know, little simple things like passing your house down, your kids take care of you until you die in the house or whatever. And then they take the house. Like this is the way God intended things to do. Uh, let me give you let me give you a, a great scripture for this. Matthew 13 12. Actually let me just give me a second. I'm gonna I want to read that one to you. Give me one second. I didn't have it pulled up, but I think this is good. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. And of course, you know, that is the uh, Jesus explaining the parable of the talents. So if we don't have even more will be taken away from us. Uh, uh, use it or lose it. There's a saying. Steward it or lose it. We need to not only come into our own 
skill as stewards and receiving our things from God and not from our own effort. But we also want to enable our giving skills. And if you're giving, you're sowing. God's whole principle for life is sowing and reaping, not buying and selling. Sowing and reaping. And so when we look at God's principle of sowing and reaping, and let's just compare it to uh, to the marketplace. How about to the stock market? Stock market's rigged. It's run by greed. And when you know the system is rigged, and you do know the system is rigged by now, it really makes you cynical. It makes it it makes your heart sick. And it and it, it takes your desire to work away. And if you remember from the earlier uh, sessions in this, work is a holy and everlasting calling. But when we look at what's run, runs everything, and right now the whole world is being run by big corporations. And if big corporations are the moral compass of our world economic situation, folks, we're doomed. We have to take it back. There's still time, but the time is now. And again, I want to... I, you have to understand, again, the, pro the reason I did that funny example is the problem is right here. It's not in your physical ability. You could be in a wheelchair. doesn't matter. You could still do this as good as anybody else. You could be old and still do this as good as anybody else. It's your mind and the way we get and give from God. And it's completely different than the world system. If this is making sense to you, can you leave a comment? Please, please leave a comment. Uh, I ask every week when I do these to, for you to leave comments and very few people actually do. Um, honestly, like very few. And I'm really trying to get the algorithms up. I want this to go out to more people. Uh, if you agree this is good teaching and you want more people to be on side and to be aligned with us, uh, please put down comments. Hit that like button. It really takes very little effort. Can't do that effort. I'm going to suggest that you're probably not doing... Uh, anything else. So don't be a loser. <laughs> Put a comment in, hit the like button. Okay, so to the next section. So if God created all things... And your private property is actually 
on loan. It's on trust by God. Then we have to, in terms of our natural talents and gifts, we have to know that they are from God. Oh, listen, I was, I was born a good salesman, or I, I was born with the ability to, uh, to just serve, or you know, I've got a prophetic gift. They're on loan from God, folks. So, the opposite of being pride. And when we talk about pride in ownership and things like that, and it's really a lie from lie from the devil because the devil was kicked out of heaven for pride. And what's what's the middle letter in pride? I repeat this often: it's I, 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 self centeredness. So we know that you know pride in ownership is a lie from the devil because you own nothing; God owns it all. He's entrusted it to you, and what God has entrusted to you. No man can take away unless you consent or unless you got it uh, from other means, which is really theft. Prove me wrong on that, folks. I know it's controversial. Prove me wrong. So I want to give a quote from... Uh, from Dennis Peacock. And this one really struck me and it's dealing with pride. And when he said this, I, I really sat back and I wrote it down, obviously, because uh, it really stuck with me. You might want to write this down as well. He says, I do not believe in humility. Huh? I'm going to continue with the quote, but just for a second. What do you mean? Aren't we supposed to be humble? I'll continue with the quote. He says, I do not believe in humility. I believe in reality. If you are in reality, you will be humble. So what does that mean? What does that mean to be in reality? Well, the reality is you own nothing and you should be happy. No, 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 no. It's not like the, the New World Order thing where they, you know, the Great Reset where you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. That's the devil's way. But when you can really acknowledge that Everything that you have, your relationships, your children, your house, your car, your little knickknacks that you treasure, they're all either given to you by God or did you get them on your own? I'm not asking you to go around your house and ask yourself against about that question about everything because there's no condemnation in Christ. And here's what I want you to know. Even if you did get something on your own and, and God forgive me if I'm wrong here, this is, this is Jeff speaking. This is not God speaking. This is Jeff speaking. I want to be really clear about that, but I believe you can redeem those things that you got on your own. 
depending on how you got it. if you stole it or something like that look there you know i think you just need to deal with that and uh confess up and repent but if you can actually change your mind about those things and say well i worked so hard i got this i went through school and i did everything and my focus for 10 years was to get that one thing and i did it i did it my way if you just say god man i was wrong i did work hard for that but i thank you for the ability for me being able to work hard and i thank you for the opportunities you gave me to be able to work hard to get that thing and i acknowledge that you own it father god and I give it back to you. And if you will allow me, Father God, let me steward it in our trust relationship. So that's being humble in reality. It's being humble before the king, the real king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Where the world is very prideful. And again, Satan has taught you pride and ownership. Pride is ignorance parading as power. Pride is ignorance parading, pretending to be power. So we don't want to take pride even in our stewardship of things. God wants us to be humbled by the gifts that he has given you. He wants you to be responsible in your giving, obedient in the fruits of your labor, generous to those in need, you can't be generous to those in need unless God trusts you. Do you see how important this is? God wants to bring increase to, to your spiritual gifts, to your relationships, even material things. We need material things, folks. Um, having a stove helps you cook, you know? If you had to light a fire every time that uh, we go to cook, uh, it's hard to compete in today's world. You know, you need your time to go out and do things. It's a fast-paced world. We need material things. But we want them to come from him. Um, go back to Matthew. Read read those parables, the parable of the talents. And I think that uh, that will really, really help. The parable of talents is so foundational to stewardship because it just lays it down. He gives, gives everyone an opportunity, gives everyone opportunity. One goes and buries it. One does a little bit of something with it. One does fantastic. He takes away from the one that did nothing and gives it all to the one who did fantastic. It's so powerful. And, you know, it's also part of the humility that comes with this is God wants you to really, how do I put this? He wants us to be at rest. 
He wants us to be at rest. So a good example of that, and maybe I'll touch on this a little bit more, although I'm going to try to keep this teaching not too long. But how much can God give you without corrupting you? Fair question. If you came into too much money too quickly, it's too easy to become corrupted. You know, I, I often like to point to lottery winners who did nothing to win. You know, essentially they bought a ticket. Maybe they bought tickets for 20 years. Who knows? It doesn't matter. They did nothing. There was no labor. There was no skill or anything like that. They just randomly won. And 80% of lottery winners are broke within two years. Um, almost all of them, their relationships are all completely gone because as soon as you have millions of dollars, if you've never had money before, man, you think every friend and every family member just wants your money. You don't trust anyone. It ruins your relationships, the material things. And then you go and you spend all kinds of money and it's empty. So you spend more and more trying to have, trying to enjoy that money, but you can't enjoy it because it's a curse on your life because it's corrupted you and it's corrupted your life. So how much can God give you without you being corrupted? You know, I, God has a, a stepladder. And he gives you one thing. And he says, take care of it. And when you steward it and you acknowledge his ownership in it, and he says, good job, my son, my daughter. I want to add to you. Will you multiply it? And, you know, it could be anything. I'm not just talking. It's I'm not a prosperity guy. Okay? I think it's good to prosper, of course. So do you, I hope. But what about even kids? Can you multiply kids? Yeah. How about, you know what? And maybe you don't, maybe you're not in a, you know, you're not in the ability to have a big family. Or you didn't choose to have a big family or whatever. Everyone's circumstance is different. But what about, you know, that one kid, you, you have one kid and you just kind of take on their, their friends a bit. This is, this is a regret in my life that I didn't do that enough with my daughter's friends. I didn't welcome them into my home as much and really try to make an impact on them. I was selfish. When my daughter had a friend over, it was like a little bit of free time for single dad. And I'm not making excuses, but my time became very, very valuable because in between being a full-time parent, I was trying to make money and I wanted to have some kind of a life on my own. Um, it sounds like an excuse, but I'm not trying to justify it. I'm telling you that I regret not spending more time stewarding the people who were brought into my life through my daughter coming home with some friends. It could have been so much, I could, there's so much fruit that I missed out on with that. And uh, because of that, I can tell you, and, and I never really thought about this until this moment. So I'm, you're seeing me have a real moment on air. But I, uh, the Lord took away stuff from me for not doing that. So he brought these people into my life.
And I can tell you that some of my relationships and that have suffered most likely because he did not trust me in those things. I failed to see that God was presenting opportunity to me. Wow. Um, let me look up a scripture. One, just I, I got to find this one, and I'm not exactly sure which one it is, but I think I know where it is. Uh, I'm doing this for me now. <laughs> Here, give me a second. Uh, Sorry, folks, this is unprofessional, but I'm just being real in front of you. <laughs> okay, this is not the scripture I expected to come up. Uh, but I think it's very pertinent. Uh, so I'm in Proverbs 19, and it says, listen to advice and accept discipline so that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a person's heart, but the advice of the Lord will stand. What is desirable in a person is his kindness. And it is better to be a poor person than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by the devil. Wow. Sorry, that just maybe had meaning for me. Uh, Maybe for you. Well, of course it has meaning for you. It's God's word. So how does stewarding tie in? And how does it tie in with people? Well, let's go back to last lesson, which was discipleship. And see... Those little girls and boys that came home with my daughter, I had an opportunity to disciple, and I missed it. Um, aside from my note, we go back to the very first lesson and we talk about the two trees. So there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there's the tree of life. And what I just experienced and I just, I, I think it's a teachable moment is that lesson came from the tree of life. 
Of course it did. It's God's word. But the tree of life means we learn relationally. We learn from God. We learn from our brothers and sisters. Do you remember when I said in, in what well, I can't remember which of which num I think number four or five is around there, but we cannot get all of what God has for us unless we're surrounded by godly people. The tree of life, the knowledge that comes from the tree of life is given relationally. Where when you learn a lesson, oh, and this is this is this could have possibly hurt. Uh, buckle up, Buttercup. But when you learn by just being an independent learner, oh, yeah. are are you going to hear what I'm about to say? Oh, but I'm such a good researcher. I'm learning all these things. You're learning from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God's way is always relationally. He relates it to us personally through his Holy Ghost or through his word or through the people that he's surrounded you with. And I'm not saying everything you've learned is bad on your own. But usually your greatest lessons are from your experiences and really from your mistakes. And often they're the mistakes with other people and stuff like that. Just getting your knowledge, independent researchers. Okay, look we're talking about two trees. When I felt I was released, had to release Jesse from it. And I explained it in that episode, which was also called two trees. Go figure. It was a lot of what's behind was behind the justification for me to do that. Uh, there were some things definitely that, you know, were catalyst in it, but I was looking too much at the knowledge of good and evil. And yeah, we don't want to be ignorant of the enemy's plans. Of course not. But I, could, I just spent a year and a half, almost a year and a half focused on it, folks. Um, you know, did we put in God's word? I, I I put, it was God's blessing on my life that we started doing Sunday Bible studies and stuff like that. And I've said so many times, even on air, it's my favorite show because I feel uplifted. It's It doesn't satisfy my soul to learn from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So just getting back uh, to discipling, you know, how many people 
or people or things can you steward without corrupting? Uh, listen, I'm being put to the test right now with this podcast. There's a lot of people that I need to steward. And, you know, is there a temptation for me to, uh, you know, I could put out false information like all the other channels, like, hey, 45 is going to be back on my birthday in September. Yeah, he's going to be back. I could say stuff like that. And these guys just keep pushing down the posts and stuff like that. They're corrupt. They're doing it for hits, for likes. Look, there's no no problem in having a little bit of sensationalism. I do it. I get it. Sometimes a good thumbnail or whatever gets people's attention. But I always try to balance it with the word of God and with some real teaching. So sometimes we use the uh, skills that the Lord has given us to get some people in. But uh, quite honestly, by getting away from doing that intel and that for the last few months uh, viewership has gone down i know that i haven't delivered the stuff that people want to hear but i didn't want to do it and i don't need to do it just to get hits or likes because the lord gives to me and takes away from me and if the lord just gives me you i'm satisfied hallelujah um Second Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 24. Uh, that's maybe a loose fit for that, but it's something that uh, you should look at. So, just to kind of start to put these things in, and I want to get your mind going in the right way. You know what? Um, this is going to take me. No, I, I can do it in about 15 minutes. So bear with me, but we're, I just want to bring it home and bring in the proper. Uh, so this is to get your mind thinking in the right way, because again, the problem is here, folks, it's nowhere else in your body or anything. It's all up here. And it's your spirit man that controls the physical. We've gone over that many, many times. Um, there really is some truth to uh, to pray it and claim it. There is some truth to that, but uh, they forget to talk to you about the stewardship part that actually makes it work. So if God owns everything, he has to establish the concept and God, as always, models everything for you. He gives the example. He lives this way and shows us in his word exactly how we are to live and to embrace these concepts of that God gives to me and God can take away from me. Um. Go into Psalms 2, verses 8, uh, Colossians 1, uh, 15 to 18. Uh, the story of Job, uh, chapter 38, uh, is really good for this as well. Uh, so the scriptures really, really clearly state that 
you know, the rebellion amongst people and man did rebel against God. You know, think of the Tower of Babel. That wasn't a God-given thing. That was man trying to reach God, which man cannot do. What did God do? He took it away. And not only did he take it away, he scattered the people and scrambled their languages. But it was the rebellion of people that actually rejected the creator and it it's it, it's people loving the creation do you love the creation more than the creator do you love your kids more than you love god well that's a tough one folks i don't know but i think we're called to love god first and most If we don't put God first, I think we're really putting limitations on what God can give us and what God can trust us with. No wonder the world has fallen apart. You know, every commercial on TV is about glamorous stuff or ownership or you know, um, buying a new car. Look at the gizmos and oh, oh, that was an oopsie. <laughs> I had to plug in my computer and I knocked over my mic and some of my notes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we need to remember that God puts the limitation on what we have because God gives us everything and takes away everything. And if you even just look at, uh, at Jesus's life, you know, and again, this isn't a prosperity gospel, but Jesus was poor and people, well, we should be poor. Jesus was poor. We don't need anything. We'll just wait for manna to come from the sky. Well, how much influence are you going to have in the world if you're just wandering the streets waiting for manna to come down from the sky? Listen, if God's called you to that, hallelujah, you're going to be fruitful, you're going to multiply. But most people I'd suggest are not called to that. So, you know, the world is telling us right now that we should be into, uh, you know, that they're trying to get this Marxist thing and they're trying to make it bad if you own something or, you know, oh, he, he, because that guy's rich, he must be evil. Well, if being rich is evil, heaven forbid, but God is the chief sinner. <laughs> if God owns everything, Man, of course, that's a ridiculous statement. So if God owned everything, but Jesus came to this world poor, he didn't choose to come as the king's son, you know, I, I mean, the worldly king. He didn't come as Herod's son. So he came... And for a season, 
as Jesus walked on this earth, he was poor. Why would he do that? Because he was humble? Because he only wanted to do the will of the Father? Because he acknowledged all things came from the Father? But when Jesus returned to heaven, he became the owner of all things again. Jesus has done it all, folks. If you think about it, God giveth and God taketh away. And even in Jesus' life, he demonstrated that to us. Because he came here stripped of everything. He came as a man, immaculate conception. So a man like, not like any other man, obviously, but he was fully man and he was fully God. And he, God, because he obeyed the father and he came here, God took away everything from him. He said, here, come as a baby boy. And then God, the Father, because Jesus said, if you could take this cup away from me, please do, but not my will be done, but your will be done. So the Father told Jesus to lay down his life for you and me. So he laid down possessing all things in the universe, possessing the universe itself, to coming into this world with nothing and then even laying down his life for you. The hero story of Jesus just gets better and better every way you look at it. Um, oh, I, I got to read this scripture. I, I only have half of it written down, but I want to, read this one to you. Sorry, I, these are going longer than I thought. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, let me uh, just go here. So this is uh, Colossians 1, verses 15, and I'm going to read through 18. And he's talking about Jesus here. This is Paul, obviously. Um, actually, let me read from 13, just to put it all in context. For he rescued us, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things held together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have the first place in everything. Oh, I got to keep going. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having been made peace through the blood of his cross. I'm telling you, look up these scriptures, folks. Does this not tell you that, does this not justify some of the statements I've made in this teaching? Did you know? Now, I'm not an expert on any of the religions, so I'm kind of relying on some of the books I've read and things like that and people who have studied this, and I want to be truthful to you there. But it is my understanding that Christianity or disciples in the way, like I prefer to say it now, is of of all the world's religions, and there's a lot of them, folks. Did you know that the way is the only one with a theology of economics and private property? No wonder the world hates us and wants to put us away and hates the Christians. Oh man, I'm getting hot again. These terms like social justice that are floating around right now, it's a lie from the pit of hell. They want governments to be God. That's why they reject Christianity, folks. They wouldn't be killing babies in the womb. Not real faith in the way. We need to rebuild our governments, folks. (laughs) We need to do it based on God's word and how things are to run. We need to really take back this and run things based on God's morals, principles, ownership of everything, and just steward it. So, in closing... We need to understand the truth of our relationship with God and that he is the only creator and owner of any thing. Your gifts, your talents, your things. He is the originator and the creator And he only will entrust you on a trust relationship. 
He is loaning it to you. And it's all based on what his will is and your level of obedience in stewardship. I get in, I get criticized all the time. And, and honestly, there's, uh, there's websites that are hit sites, mainly on Jesse and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they always pick on me. In fact, the only thing they have on me is that I created, uh, creating wealth through stewardship and, uh, and a real estate course. And, uh, and it's not, and by the way, real estate course is not to become a realtor. There's some confusion there. Uh, it's not that way. Um, go watch the video. Anyways, I get credit, but do you see how important this is? And, and in creating wealth, I'm not just talking about creating money, creating wealth that way. It's in everything. It's stewardship. And it's three simple principles. Do you see how important it was? And that's why it's the first thing that I did when I was given this platform. So was I stewarding my platform by creating a course? Yeah. And by the way, by creating that course, the people who buy it actually help support me and it helped keep me on air because what I make being a podcast, and I do get some donations, thank you to everyone who donates and supports me, but it's not enough to cover my bills. So I have to do other things. And, you know, uh, if donations go up, then I can put more effort into this. If donations go down, I have to go, go and put uh, more effort in other things. And I'm, I'm okay either way. In fact, I could do a lot better not doing this podcast. If I only did one show a week, hallelujah, I could be doing my real estate investing full time. And uh, I could probably make a heck of a lot more money. Well, I know I could make a heck of a lot more money. But I feel this is a priority because we're in a war right now. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to support me or not, but I just put it there uh, for you. Uh, Just finishing up. You have been given an awesome and incredible responsibility by God. You have been given an awesome incredible authority by God. And you are in charge of that relationship. Be obedient. He gives to you. Be disobedient. He takes away from you. Now, I know some people are going to say, but I'm obedient. I read his word every day and stuff like that. Maybe you're just ignorant of some of the things that God has uh, taught in his word. Maybe you haven't had this relationship and you're hearing it for the first time. These awesome responsibilities that you have, but we need to start walking in them. You need to have a greater understanding of your reality of who you are. Last time I ended by saying, you know, take inventory of all the things around you, all the people around you. And I did it because I was asking you to, you know, start getting a building permit and start discipling people because ultimately we are called to disciple people. 
But this time, I want you to look around you, pray on it, pray on the people around you, pray on the things that you have, your house, your possessions, your cars, all these things, your children. And I want you to say, Lord, if I've never done it before, I'm just, here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that you are the creator of all things. Without you, there is no space, there is no time, there is no physical world, there is no spatial world, there is no reality without you. God, you are the creator and the owner of everything. And Father, I now acknowledge your call on my life. And Father, I acknowledge the call on my life. And I thank you for all the things that you have given to me in a trust relationship, Father. And I thank you for all of the things that you have actually taken away from me as well, Lord, because this is how I've come to this understanding, this moment in this day. So, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name, with the Holy Spirit inside me crying out to you, Father God, I relinquish everything to you. I relinquish my child to you. I relinquish my wife to you. I relinquish my family to you. I relinquish my friends, my relationships to you. I relinquish my house to you, my possessions, Lord. Anything that I have gotten on my own without you, Father God, I pray that you will give me permission to keep those things and turn over ownership back to you, God. But if it is your will, have them vanish, have them taken away because God, your will is perfect and your will in my life is perfect. And I want to walk in your will as flawed as a, of a person as I am, God, I'm learning your way because I'm being discipled by you, by those in uh, that you've put in my life and by your word and by the Holy Spirit inside of me. I thank you for the discipleship, Father God. I thank you for being in my life, and I thank you for all of those you've put in my life. Lord, help me to steward them better. Let me become a trusted disciple of yours that you may expand my tent. Let me multiply them, God. Let me multiply everything that you have given me because it's your commandment. And I go right back to Genesis that I wrote right at the beginning, read right at the beginning of this, Father God. You've commanded us to go into this world, be fruitful and multiply. And that isn't just making babies, God. It's multiplying the things that you have given us because the parable of the talents is very clear. So, Father God, God, I pray you allow me to multiply all those things, those relationships, most importantly, the things that you have. And Father God, I pray in Jesus' name, you help me and those you've surrounded around me to multiply people coming into salvation through the resurrection of Jesus Christ so they may spend eternity with you. Father God, I pray no one around me will go to hell. And Father, I pray this prayer for everyone who is here with me.
Father, I pray that they just pray in agreement and they made it their own prayer. And if I left out anything, Father God, your Holy Spirit, minister it to you. And whatever the Holy Spirit says, I'm good with God. My will submits to what the Holy Spirit prays. Uh, yes, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Um, that was uh, New Goggles 9. Uh, yeah, I was about to start praying in tongues, but I don't want to add any confusion to anyone. Um, I do believe in praying in tongues. I stopped myself there just because it's on air. If we were in person, I'd be doing it, hopefully right along with you. Um, if you don't have tongues yet, um, don't be scared. It is a gift, and uh, God will give it to you. He will give it to you. But remember, little side note, too many people want tongues to edify themselves. And remember, that is, uh, that's pride. And that's pride parading, pretending to be power. When we get gifts from God, they're not to edify us, but to actually add to other people. They're meant to good. God sows and reaps even with the gifts of the Spirit. Please hit that thumbs up. Put a comment in, uh, good or bad. If you disagree with me, that's okay. Throw it in there. But leave a comment if you don't mind. And uh, if you're interested in some of the core, you can, in the link below, if you want to support, uh, support me, there's a PayPal, there's a patron uh, which I'm really, really thankful. And I'm looking, I'm looking for something to do special for, for my patrons, my monthly subscribers, because that I can kind of count on and that helps me plan for the following month. Um, but also if you go to write on you and if you think you'll find value in uh, the real estate course or the uh, creating wealth through stewardship, there's, there's a uh, coupons in the, uh, uh, description box below. I encourage you to use them because right on radio listeners get it less than anyone. May God bless each and every one of you. Take care until the next new goggles.